and welcome back to another episode of This is Community, a Volunteer Galway podcast. My name is Ruth Fagan, and this week I had the pleasure of chatting to Darren Bayliss. Darren is the National Programme Coordinator of Coder Dojo. Now, some of you may know or indeed may have heard of local Coder Dojo clubs in your own community. But just to give you a bit of background, Coder Dojo started 10 years ago this year by a young person in County Cork. And today is a global movement of completely free, open, volunteer-led coding clubs where young people anywhere between 7 and 17, who are called ninjas, by the way, and you'll discover why as you listen to the interview, get to explore digital technology. Coder Dojo's mission is to give young people all around the world the opportunity to learn to code in a fun, social and safe environment. Darren talked to me about his own journey, starting off as a volunteer himself 10 years ago, and what he finds most rewarding today in his role. We also chatted about just why children and young people are so good when it comes to coding in this way, and what he believes is the secret formula for success. Coder Dojo have been recruiting volunteers throughout the pandemic and continue to do so, and Darren explained to me what exactly is involved in the role of an online champion and the support that's provided to everybody. To my mind, it sounds like an absolutely super role for anyone who enjoys working with children and young people creatively. And it also sounds like there's a whole lot of support there for anyone who does want to get involved. As always, we'll include all the links with the relevant info at the end of the episode. So for now, enjoy. So I'm delighted to be joined by Darren Bayliss this morning, um, who is National Programme Coordinator with Coder Dojo. Darren, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Ruth. Um, so just to start, Darren, for anyone who has never, ever heard of Coder Dojo or may not know at all at all what those two words might even mean, um, could you just tell our listeners about your, your organisation? Absolutely, yeah. So, so Coder Dojo is a, um, an organisation that was started 10 years ago, actually this year, um, was started by a gentleman called James Welton or a, a, a teenager, James Welton, in Cork. Um, who had a real interest in computers and computer science and wanted to share that with his, his peers. And from that grew Coda Dojo, really, and where we are now. So he he kind of started working with a, an entrepreneur called Bill Lau and the foundation was formed. And the foundation has grown from this small sort of incubator, I suppose, in, in Ireland to this global club of um <clears throat> coders now and the, the the idea behind it is really it's just to provide a space where young people can come together and explore their creativity through code so it's it's not just about teaching them how to code but it's about actually providing that space for them to learn collaborate with their peers and and develop those ideas that maybe would have just otherwise stood in the back of their mind and never really gone anywhere. Mm, so that's wow. kind of what kind of dojo is and, and where we are right now. That's amazing. I never actually knew it was started by by a young person. Absolutely. Or young yeah, people. Yeah. He's still only in his late 20s. So. Is he? <laughs> What's he doing now, do you know? Um, he's pursuing lots of other kind of software I interests can and what have you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, sure it's very a, rare a that anyway. we see James back in the fold. Um, but yeah. he's actually come back to judge our coolest projects, which is a kind of a, 
a kind of celebration of all of that creativity that we do every year. So, uh, but yeah, no, he's still, he's still around. Um, wow, super. But not as, not as actively involved in the, yeah. in the foundation as he once was. And Darren, what was your original involvement in the club or the organization? Yeah, so I mean, I I actually started out as a champion. I founded one of the first ten dojos actually in Ireland. So back okay. ten years ago, um, I started a dojo in Leash, as of um, and I've run that for the last ten years. Um, okay, and then. Just over three years ago, I saw an opportunity advertised with the foundation. Um, originally, to I actually joined originally to look after our schools-based program. So we have a schools-based program called Co Club. So I originally joined to look after that program for the island of Ireland, so North and South. And then just over a year ago, I took on responsibility for both Coda Dojo and Co Club. So I've kind of come this kind of weird full circle from being a volunteer myself and running the dojo to now actually working for the foundation. Brilliant. Looking after dojos across Ireland. I love hearing these sorts of stories. It's it's really lovely. Um, And so obviously 10 years of involvement with Coda Dojo, it's obviously a really rewarding uh, space for you to be in. Um, What is it that you get out of it, Darren? Yeah, it's you know what I, I get asked that so much, and it's really hard to put a finger on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, for me, it's it's seeing that smile on a kid's face. You know, when they when they they have this idea and they want to do something, and that that initial smile on their face when they realise, oh wow, that actually worked, yeah. or yeah. you know, or that kind yeah. of knowing that actually that's not that out there. I can do this, you know, and it's. And and what I love about it is, you know, 10 years down the road, no two sessions are the same, you know, and what you get from every session is is very different. And, you know, mm-hmm. for the last year, we've had to run online because we haven't been able to do things mm-hmm. in person. And, and even from those online sessions, you still get that wow every session you know there's still you know you're looking at the little pictures of the kids when you're doing something and you see that smile and you see that reaction from one of them and it's like you know what that's you you're just connecting with them and and Mm. what you're doing is connecting with them in some way and that for me just drives me every time yeah you know it's just seeing their reactions and one thing I, I often kind of ponder is like with creativity and technology they seem to go beautifully together when it comes to children you know, there's just a gorgeous blend of of these two worlds that children just seem to delve right into. And why do you think it is that young people are so good at it? I think it's a lack of fear. Yeah. I think, you know, as, as we get older, we're pre-programmed to, to rethink things, to, you know, to sort of, you know, question our decisions. You know, children yeah. don't. They just, yeah. you know, they put on the wellies and they dive in the puddle. <laughs> you know, they, you know, um, yep. you know, we'd stand there and look at it and go, I wonder how deep that is. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I think with children, it's just that lack of fear. It's that, yeah. you know, they're not afraid to, they're not afraid to try something. They're not afraid to fail because, mm. you know, they know that, you know, they're learning from that ultimately. Whereas I think as we get older, we become a little sort of pre-programmed to not want to fail or not to accept mm. that in the same way. So I think it's just yeah. a lack of fear. It's that, yeah. Um, yeah. that abundance of in. creativity and, and desire to learn with kids that, you know, if you harness it right, you can get so much from it. 
Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Um, in relation to, to children and young people, when we look back at this year, just over a year, there's been so many challenges for them. I mean, they've been faced with challenges as regards, I suppose, their, their recreational outlets, socialization, education. And technology has been very important, I suppose, um, this year in particular, this past year for all of us has played a very central role in our lives. But I guess there's been challenges there for young people too. What do you see as the current challenges for for young people in relation to technology, access to technology? Yeah, I I I, I mean we look we've 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 had to address this a lot this year, and mm. you know, and I think. I think we kind of almost assume in this in this day and age that everybody has access to a computer or everybody has access to a tablet or, you know, and that's not the case. You know, we know that that's not the case for every child. And, you know, and, and sadly, that means that some children have got left behind, you know, not just, you know, from a, a recreational point of view, but from an educational point of view. And I, and I think one of the biggest challenges this year has been trying to find a way in which we can do things that involves everybody, but doesn't necessarily need a massive amount of tech to do it. If that makes sense. Um, You know, and I I know with our, you know, if I, if I look at my own dojo and what we've been doing with our sessions, you know, we, we've kind of grown over the year from, you know, 20 kids in person to nearly a hundred kids. On an, in an online session yeah. and and as we've grown we've had to adapt and realize that okay the learning outcome here or the educational outcome that we would normally look for mm. has become less important but the engagement the actual fun okay. has become more important and I think I think a lot of organizations you know from talking to them have, have slowly but surely realized that over the year that you know if you do something in a in a structured way, but in the right way, you can get an awful lot from just having fun rather than trying to, you know, sit on a screen and teach because it's it's hard, you know. And I think, you know, and I look at my own kids' school, I look at other schools, you know, I think they've done tremendous work this year in trying to engage children in a fun way, mm-hmm. but also still try to actually, you know, acknowledge that not everybody has you know, yeah. a PC, not everybody has access to a tablet, you know, and, and some kids are working off phones and, phones, you know, yeah. and that has a limitation yeah. to what you can do. And, mm. or there might not be, you know, there might be a laptop in the house because mum and dad have one for work, but that's only available of an evening or a weekend or, and that, you know, so I think, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a strange year and there's not probably mm. one answer to your question, to be honest with you. I think mm. we're still learning. We're still mm. you know, learning about how we can better engage online because, you know, there's also that thing of too much time online. You know, what is constructive online time and what yes. is negative online time as well, yep. you know, and yeah. You know, and I think for children, given the opportunity of sitting there with a, a PSP or, a, you know, a, a switch or something, they'll do that all day long. Mm-hmm. But are they getting anything from that other than tired mm-hmm. fingers or how, eyes? Not really. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can engage them with a fun quiz or a bit of fun. Absolutely. It's so it's, what they'll learn from that. Yeah, it's a, it, that's a really valid point. I suppose it's, it's the quality of the, the time that they spend while while using technology um, or the experience that they have while on it. You know, and as you say, if it's yeah. fun and engaging as opposed to passive 
Um, and I, I suppose with Coder Dojo, it's a, it's a very active, engaging type of sort of activity that, that the young people are doing. Um, how does it enable more the creativity side of, of the work? How does it really enable that with, with the young people that you're working with? Yeah, I mean, I think what we've tried to do, and 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 again, every 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 dojo is different. Every you know, every group is different. But I, I know, you know, I can speak from my own guys. What we've tried to do is give them the option. So you know, we we have younger children that are very new to this. So we you know we do um, something that's called Scratch, which is a visual block based programming with them. Um, but we do a different project each week and we and we try and give them an option of what project they want to do. So we'll show them what the project options are. Um, and we try and make those a bit fun. So, you know, there's, there's, as long as the code does what we want it to do, we don't really get hung up on how it looks. So if I tell them they need to put a, a rabbit in, but they put a hip over wings in, I don't really care if mm. they, you know, as long as they like what it looks like, yep. but it does what it should do. Um, you know, so with those guys, you know, they're a lot younger. They're 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 probably an average age of kind of eight or nine. So that's what we've done with them. We have an older group um, that are probably, I suppose, an average age of twelve. They've all moved on to Python, so they're doing actual proper programming. Um, you know, um, but again, in a fun way. So they're doing fun, active, you know, creative projects, and then. We had a massive interest in Minecraft. So we established a Minecraft um, slash three-style room for um, some of our older kids. Well, actually, not it's our older kids. I mean, I suppose the average age in there is probably 13, 14. Um, But we set them a challenge. So we said, okay, you're not just going to sit here and play Minecraft. You know, you've got to build us something in Minecraft. So right now, of all things, they're building the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) That was what they picked. That was their decision. And they're building the Titanic, you know. And and we've we've dangled, you know, we've dangled a little carrot, you know, we've said, look, there'll be a prize at the end of it for the best one, which will be judged by everybody else. So, you know, you're building this, you're gonna show it to your peers, um, you know, and they'll judge and what have you. But so I think it's about. You know, you've got to discuss with the kids, especially yeah. in this online environment. You've got to discuss with them what they want to do or what what interests them, mm. and then take that and do that with them. And that's what mm. we've done. And we've we, you know, like I say, our numbers have grown massively week on week, um, and the kids keep coming back. So you know, it seems to be working. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that that's the same for everybody, um, but I know that's what a lot of dojos have done. You know, they've. They're really focused on the fun. They're really focused on kind of asking the kids, engaging with the kids and getting the kids to do something that they want to do rather than just taking the option of saying, right, this is what we're going to do. You're going to follow me. Yes. That so, seems to be the formula that that works for sure. It's a sort of a peer-led, fun-focused absolutely. type of, of, of activity. I think it's, it's walking that fine line between letting them think they're running the asylum, but they're not quite in <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to running the asylum um it's a volunteer-led organization um tell me about the role of volunteers i know you have a current role that, that you're recruiting and you can tell us a little bit about that because i know people might have some uh misconceptions around you know the tech side of things or the skills that are needed for for running a group so tell us about the volunteer side of things with coder dojo absolutely i mean i think 
the the first thing there to dispel is you do not need to be a techie mm-hmm. to to be involved with Kota Dojo. Um, you know, and I know that might sound easy for me to say, but when I got into this 10 years ago, I was in IT recruitment. I I wasn't a techie. I've never been a techie. I've never been a programmer. I could probably have walked my way into any IT job because of what I did by just knowing what I should say. But sure, yeah. I would never have been able to do it, you know. And and I think, you know, you do not need to be a techie. You just need to be willing to learn alongside the kids because, believe me, the kids are going to pass you out quicker than you're going to pass them out. And actually, you're never going to pass them out. So, so I think it's having that willingness and that desire to go on a journey with them. Okay, because you know you're not you're not going to be an expert. You know, I ten years down the road, I know a lot more now than I did, but I still wouldn't say that I'm in any way an expert. You know, um, and we do get volunteers that come from you know the IT industry because they want to give back because they want to see kids come through and they want to see you know more people into that industry. Mm-hmm. But I think you know the other thing to 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 be aware of is that. There's, it's this whole misconception around the word IT because IT is not just programming. You know, there are there's there's an element of IT in accountancy. <laughs> you know, there's an element of IT in architecture. There's an element of IT in photography. You know, it's yeah. So I think you know, volunteers for me are the people that are passionate about helping children realize their creativity but the it side of it really isn't important and 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 to be honest with you some of our best volunteers are probably people that come from a non-it background right because they have this much more open mind yeah to the learning experience and the journey that they're going to go on alongside the children whereas some of the some of the people that come from the it industry because they're already established and they're already sort of programmers, they find it hard to to sort of bring that knowledge right back to actually what was I doing when I started? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 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 you know, yeah. So, and being the shoes of a young person as well. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it, look, I, I, for me, you know, I, I mean, at the moment, you know, we're in a very weird situation where <clears throat> we've all been affected by a pandemic. We've all been affected by that situation, and. A lot of our dojos have had to adapt. They've had to move online, you know, so that's been a different experience and that's been a different animal for people to to come to terms with, okay? We're we're slowly but surely now seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose, from that. And and what we're looking at, I suppose, in volunteers now is people still that would either like to start a dojo of their own, so i.e., you know... uh, a group of people maybe that may have a chat and say, well, look, you know, we could do this. We could, mm-hmm. we could take this for a little bit of guidance, a little bit of training, all of which we'll provide. Yeah. And we could start this and offer it for children. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, be that initially online, which I think is still going to be the situation maybe yeah. into September, October, and then going face to face in a venue somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um or the other thing that I'm I'm looking at at the moment is I'm looking at some of the dojos that have been paused, that have maybe lost mentors, mm. and therefore looking for new volunteers to join them right. to help them get to the ball rolling again. Very so, good. 
So we have a lot of different opportunities available. Um, okay. And, you know, and the one thing I think I might have said, you know, this um, already, but, you know, the one thing I'm really, really keen on is hearing from people that are in very rural locations as well. Yes. Because it's all good and well to say, you know, oh, there's already a dojo in Galway or there's one in, you know, Tume or there's one here. But I'd love to see one, you know, in, right down in the Gautok or I'd love to see yeah. one, you know, the more remote it is, the better, because they're the children that typically can't get to go mm-hmm. to a dojo and they shouldn't have to miss out because of that. Um, yeah. So, you know, which is the beauty of online work today. You know what I mean? That it can overcome those barriers. Absolutely. You know, and 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 we're not going to we're not going to insist when things go back to normal that dojos have to run in person. We've, mm-hmm. we've taken the decision that, you know, if somebody feels that running an online dojo is better for them. You know, then, you know, we can do that. And, yeah, and I suppose the nice thing about that is as well, it doesn't matter if you're somebody from, you know, originally from Galway, but now working in Dublin. But you want to get together with a mate that's still in Galway and run a dojo. Well, if you're in an online scenario, you can be anywhere in the world. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this is it. Like I'm talking to a, a group at the moment that ironically have got two people in Dublin and they're going to be joined by somebody from Delhi that's going to help them huh. on the sessions. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. You know, which is the which is a huge plus if there was ever an upside to this pandemic. It's the absolutely. one thing we can take away, you know, is that that barriers yeah. have been broken down and we can work in, in, in a virtual space and do more often than, than we thought we could have done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and just to sort of, you know, so like that, you know, I, I, I'd love to hear from anybody that's interested in finding out more, you know, I, you know, at the moment we're doing, I'm spending a lot of time actually working with new volunteers, doing training for them and that, that we wouldn't normally have the capacity to do. So, you know, so to make sure that people are 100% comfortable mm. with going on that journey. So, you know, Brilliant. if anybody out there is interested in coming along and joining us, well then, you know, they have access to the role that we have advertised. I'd love to right. hear from them and we can we can take it from there for them. So that's the best way for people to find out is just to check out our role, which we'll list at the end Absolutely. of this, this interview on our website. Yeah. We have, and apply yeah. for that and, and, and you'll follow up with them. And I'll follow up with them. That's great, Darren. That's great. Look, I wish you the very best of luck. Um, you're doing brilliant work and the very best of luck with, with all. And um, yeah, here's to more volunteers. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ruth. So thanks so much to Darren for joining me this week on the episode. It was a pleasure to chat to him and to learn all about Coder Dojo and the work that they do in the local community. For anyone interested in finding out a little bit more about the role that Darren is recruiting for at the moment, we'll include a link to it in the notes section here. And we'll also include a link to our own website where you can have a browse and you can find out about our service and how we can support you in finding volunteer work. Till next time, take care and thanks for listening.